0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers, Celtic and Hearts were the big winners on a dramatic Sunday in the Premiership Attention now turns to the League Cup as the first silverware of the season edges closer and Ian McCall is the new Partick Thistle manager after leaving Air United I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me this evening Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Never mind Super Sunday What about question mark Sunday? Was the ball over the line at Perth? No Were Rangers denied a stonewall penalty? Yes Was the full offside for Rangers fourth goal? Yes Will defeat the Hearts Put Paul Hickenbottom Out of work Before Celtic Get to East Road On Saturday Maybe Is Craig Levine's jacket Still on a sugarly peg Nah And How many languages Do Celtic's Moritz Bauer speak Very impressive uh, More than us It must be said uh, Alex Ray It was yet another Action packed Dramatic Controversial Call it what you will um, A great weekend In yeah, the abs- weird And yeah. wonderful world Of Scottish football Yeah absolutely Gordon Rangers Celtic get the job Done again Hearts well, A big result That is for them Craig Levine may well I've saved his job with that result and I have to wish my old pal Ian McCall all the best at Partick Thistle. It's a very tough job and uh, plenty to discuss tonight, I'm sure. Yes, Partick Thistle fans, we're here until 8 o'clock. You bet we'll be looking at your new managerial appointment before then, so get your thoughts into us. The phone number you all need tonight is 0141-951-1025 and the Twitter handle is at Clyde SSB. It's Monday night. You know what that means, Hugh Keevans? Yes. I will have your result of the weekend, please. Partick Thistle nil, Dunfermline 3 because... It flagged up crisis. It put Partick Thistle bottom of the table and it brought Ian McCall today back to his spiritual home. It is a great day for Partick Thistle. That, that, that working is too complex for me, Alex Ray. What was, your, what was your result of the weekend? I would have to say Hearts because of, you know, obviously the, the bragging rights, but more importantly, Craig Levine gets a breathing space. I think if he had lost that uh, game yesterday... He'd most certainly have lost his job. Goal of the weekend, Hugh Keevans. I'm going for Aaron Hickey. I am aware. Come on, it's a deflection, Hugh. Hold on a second now. (laughs) He's younger than two of my grandchildren. It was the winning goal. And he's the youngest player post-war to score in the Edinburgh Derby. Well done, young man. I have to say, in terms of his emotion and things, the the, the kind of time of it all was absolutely brilliant. It's great to see that, Hugh, because you like to see young boys. Yeah. Made a big impact at that, at that level Your goal of the weekend though? Uh, I'm going with Stephen Marlin I loved his technique I actually taught him that um, When I was at St Mirren You know, just <laughs> cut across the ball Lovely Why are you laughing? <laughs> Go to YouTube and you'll see all this No, listen, Stevie Got them off to a brilliant start And unfortunately for them They couldn't hold it out And um, yeah, but what a fabulous strike And we've added a new category To this yeah. week's show, Hugh <laughs> From now on You have a third category On a Monday night We're looking for and this one requires a bit more artistic license, yeah. shall we say. It is your howler of the weekend. Now, that can be a number of things. It can be a sitter in front of goal. It could be a refereeing mistake. Yep. It could be a goalkeeping error. It really is up to you. What is your first howler of the weekend? In an old grandfatherly way, I'm going to take Jake Carroll to task at Motherwell. He had a rush of blood for a yellow card, followed by a rush of blood for a red card. I have to be honest, I thought the second one was pretty... Oh, no, no. So did I, but I, 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 didn't, I, didn't want to stop, I didn't want to stop him in his tracks yeah. He was in full flow But 
I would, I, I would say that uh, Your howler of the weekend It has to be uh, Chris Erskine's miss mm. Oh my word He's totally It's a fresh air fortnight And apparently Danny Baker's been on uh, Wanting to put it in a Christmas blues It was a shocker uh, 01419511025 Let's hear from you What's on your mind tonight After a busy weekend uh, We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well Let's start with the game In Perth yesterday Lots of talking points from that one So Rangers fans now is your time to get in touch And let us know what you think 01419511025 Stephen Gerrard says they were uh, Outstanding in the second half um, What did you make of it overall Alex Ray? You yeah. were there of course Absolutely I said at half time They were lacklustre It's the exact same word that Stephen Gerrard used after the game Hugh I thought they were pretty flat Didn't create a great deal uh, Other than the Morelos opportunity Was a 1v1 with uh, Xander Clark Pulled off a decent save I thought Ojo had Fits and starts In that first half I have to say in the second half For me And I know the referee's going to come in For criticism Without doubt On the back of a lot of things The first goal for Rangers Ryan Jack Got absolutely clattered And the referee Allowed it to play on The ball went through to Morelos And and he terrorised Hansa And from there That that kick-started Rangers And got them into gear Uh, I have to say The the finish was tremendous The way he rolled The we speak at this week on week on the show. Do not get skin tight to Morelos because he'll physically roll you and, and they fall for it all the time. That was a catalyst. And then it just freed up guys like Jack uh, Davis to control the game. You had the two fullbacks became more prominent, Morelos, and then you started getting runners going in behind, which you weren't getting in the first half, and, and they ran out really comfortable winners. But there's a lot of controversy within all that as well, Gordon. Yeah, Hugh, obviously you're a big picture man. What about the, the importance of the, the win, the three points on the back of... Uh, European exploits knowing that Celtic were playing that day as well yeah I just see Celtic and Rangers pulling away week upon week and I see the gap between them and the other sides in the the Premiership getting wider and wider they're just too good for the rest Uh, Rangers I didn't buy into Steven Gerrard's pre-match observation that perhaps Thursday Sunday was a bit awkward it shouldn't be because on Thursday, they absolutely dominated Feyenoord. And on Sunday, belatedly, they absolutely dominated St Johnston. 01419511025. What did you make of the game in Perth yesterday? Either the football or the refereeing controversies? Because there were a few. So tell us what you think. Here's what Stephen Gerrard made of it. He says the ball didn't cross the line for the third goal. Uh, but he doesn't believe that Rangers should have had a penalty, despite claiming for it at the time. I thought first half we were doing okay and we were getting into some really good areas, getting into the final third, but we didn't have much quality. There wasn't a connection in the final third and that's the reason why we probably never created enough in the first half to be in front. We had one really good chance with Alfredo, but we need to try and create a little bit more than that. After the break, we've certainly found our level and we've certainly found the performance that I was looking for. I thought we were outstanding in the second half. People will talk about the, the big moments on the goal line and everyone I'm sure will have the opinion on it, but the camera angles I've seen, it's not a goal. Stephen Davis has done tremendously well on two occasions and I think that epitomizes his performance I thought he was man of the match by um, by some distance he was outstanding today at the other end do you think you should have had a penalty which one Murray Davidson um, mm, probably not probably a bit too close uh, I did appeal for it because it did hit his hand but I understand why the referee hasn't given that one but I think the linesman deserves credit for getting that one right because it could have been a big moment and it could have put us under pressure for the last the, the final final moments of the game but I think our all round application today probably deserved a clean sheet and we're really pleased about that 
Come on then, let's hear from you 01419511025 What do you think of those decisions yesterday? Was the ball over the line? Yes or no? Should Rangers have had a penalty? Yes or no? Was Jermaine Defoe offside? Yes or no? Uh, there was quite a lot to pick through in the, the latter stages of the game The one that caused the most drama at the time Should St Johnson have had a goal? Was the ball over the line? Here's where I cut Andrew Dallas some slack because he'll get it in the neck anyway for the penalty I have no idea what Stephen Gerrard is talking about It's a penalty all day long uh, And Rangers' fourth goal was well offside But with regard to the ball being over the line Mark Wilson, you Gordon, me and Gordon Dale Spent ten minutes looking at footage Replays of this, replays of that And finally came to the conclusion that the ball was not over the line So what chance does Andrew Dallas have In a split second But it wasn't over the line At the game Gordon I obviously seen Davis get the block And he obviously goes over to get the second one And I'm thinking he cannot miss for there And at the time I felt as if it had gone over the line But as I said I was about 60 yards away I put it on Twitter feeling as if it was a perfectly good goal Having reviewed it I'd like to review, re- revise my uh, initial uh, decision. There's no way that's over the line, Hugh. No. Uh, for the footage that we've seen, the penalty, the penalty is without doubt, uh, and under the new rules, the new directors, if the bo- if your arm is out by your side and it strikes your arm in the box, it's a penalty. What so is it's Steven clear. Gerard cut. talking about? Well, it, it may well. The thing is, when he's asked that, he's only seen that live at that time. If he watches that again, I'm absolutely certain he says under the new rules. That's a, a clear-cut penalty Even under the old rules, possibly Possibly yeah. uh, Stephen Gerrard says he's happy to see Alfredo Morelos behaving himself this season After his 12th goal in 15 games He also says there are no problems with Nikola Katic Despite him not making the bench for the second game running What do you make of that, Rangers fans? He deserved that for his endeavour and his desire I mean, you see him on Thursday night against a, a different opposition And uh, he was unplayable at times He's in a good place, he's in a good form He's enjoying his training, he's enjoying his football he's behaving himself um, shaking the referee's hand on the way off um, <laughs> he's, he's definitely trying um, So no, look, look, he's in a great place And um, he's a match winner I'm, I'm really, really pleased with Alfredo And then I want my subs to contribute when they come on And Jermaine could have that trick there I'm sure he'll be going on thinking about the volley Rather than the two he scored That's the way JD is Is Katic injured just there? No, 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 no No, no, no. Not selected? Not selected, yeah What's he got to do to get back into the Just keep going Keep going. He he'd be in the 18 on Wednesday. No problems. When you at a club like Rangers, uh, I think it shows probably a little bit more negativity putting four centre halves in at 18. I think three works, but they're all in good form. They're all training really well. They're all professional, all working hard. I've got to make that tough decision, but it's just tactical horses for courses. Livingston will be a different challenge. So Cottage might come into the thing, and then we'll see. But I have to make tough decisions. I'm not going to be liked within the squad when the 18 goes up, but that's life. That's what I get paid to do. Uh, what do you make of that, Alex? In, in terms of Nikola Katic, if he's, if he's, you know, Stephen Gerrard is allowed to not have him in the team. Of course, it just seems um, it's, it's not what you're used to. Usually, that there's a sort of stepped procedure. If you don't Absolutely. make the eleven, you go into the bench. But he's gone from the starting eleven to the to the stands. It is rather strange. Uh, however, uh, Stephen Gerrard says that he's got four good uh, centre halves there. Gordon, I think uh, Bale was out there. His assistant. Talking about it today as well Edmondson will, will feature as well And when he does the, You'll see a player also um, Helander's come in With the, the big price tag He seems to have the jersey At the moment And uh, it is a bit bizarre But at the same token You know As long as he continues to win 
He's been proven right And he will need all these guys going forward And as he said there I expect him to come back into the squad At Livingston on Wednesday night Yeah uh, I'm not sure I understand Why people ask about Following a 4-0 away win uh, Why wasn't he not playing? Fans fans like to know Hugh When the team comes in Fans like to know And then the next opportunity The press get to ask Is after the game I'm not saying it's it's the priority But it's understandable For For me it's self-explanatory You know that the manager Has to negotiate a season Which incorporates Europa League As well as A vitally important Championship race with Celtic Katic will get back in the team At some point But uh, he chose the team The team won 4-0 Away from home What's your problem? When I put the team up on social media uh, That was uh, the, the mm-hmm. biggest response Why is Katic not an 18? And I think when you look at what he's actually done over the course, I think it's a dozen games. I think Gordon he's been involved in uh, so far this season, which is which is good for a guy who was struggling to get in the team at periods last year. So, uh, folk want to know why he's not playing. Uh, or, sorry, why, why he's not in the in the, the eighteen? Uh, Jeff's a Rangers fan on the line. What did you make of the performance and the result yesterday? Well, um, well, there's three points I want, I want to make, go right? But I'll, we'll, we'll go for the Rangers one first, since, since I've been listening to the comments. Um, it's very difficult um, coming back from a, um, any European game to play positive football, right? Um, I thought they were a wee bit, as you said, um, a wee bit lacklustre. Um, but uh, what I think, um, he chose the right players, Um um, I can't put it in words but the second half was better and I think with Rangers this season I think this is what we're going to get some games are not going to be so good to watch but we're going to get the results um, I think um, Yeah I mean I think that's a fair point to kick us off Hugh I know, I know you don't you don't buy the fact that Thursday can have an impact but is it a coincidence that both Celtic and Rangers start slowly um, I mean they could start slowly anyway uh, I, I think that we overthink this matter I mean Rangers will go to play Livingston midweek in the Betfred Cup Celtic will play Partick Thistle Now is that supposed to impact on them on Saturday When Rangers play Aberdeen in the league And Celtic go to Easter Road We're always looking for some sort of excuse mm-hmm. uh, Rangers started slowly That's not unusual Against St Mirren they were slow all day And it took a Barisic free kick yeah. to get the points but they won by four goals. Celtic went a goal down first half, so they started slowly-ish, if you like. But they scored three as well. I think I think you you mean it quite simple there, Hugh. In terms of you gave an analogy there that they both played St Johnston and um, Kamarnock. Kamarnock at the weekend. However, when you look at the opposition for the other night and some of the travelling coming back for these European trips, you have to factor that in because when you're looking at the the quality Rens. A decent outfit And then you obviously look at the Rangers opposition but Last I mean, week as well France, France Alec I mean it, It's just across the channel Yeah but in terms of the actual opposition I'm sure we've got coming players back like, from Asia or something Yeah no, he's not, but No one's saying they're jet lagged But surely it just has that Maybe that 5% Just makes it that little but, bit But they also Point number one Whether it's Steven Gerrard Or Neil Lennon They can rotate to their heart's content If they wish And point number two the, against Kilmarnock and St Johnston respectively They have squads that St Johnston and Kilmarnock can't begin to look at Right Jeff, what was your other point? Right, I've got two points um, You, 
on Saturday and Sunday didn't mention uh, a junior team who have beat uh, a lot of league team. Um, I'm talking about Auchinleck oh, on we did. Friday we did. night. We did mention did it on Saturday, don't you worry, and Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm beginning, I wonder what you think of the Scottish Cup draw last night. Um, Auchinleck at home to Cove Rangers. Oh, it's a and tough one. And my other point is Stuart McCall, uh, Ian McCall, Stuart McCall, Ian McCall coming back to Thistle. Um, I've got a, a, a point about that is that see the directors of Patrick Thistle. If they were if they were ambitious, they should have kept the guy that was going to build the academy because I think Patrick Thistle need something like an academy uh, to bring up the youngsters. Um, that, had, Mc- that, that, that had nothing to do with ambition. That had to do with an internal dispute. Nothing at all to do with ambition. Colin Weir withdrew his money and went off because of an internal dispute. Don't worry, we will be taking a closer look at Partick Thistle's situation later on. Ian McCall is the new manager. Thank you very much to Jeff on the line. It's 01419511025. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon and look back on Celtic's victory against Kilmarnock next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here looking back on a big weekend for the Scottish uh, Premiership and of course the lower leagues as well. Some big results all across the country. Let's get back to the phones before we hear from Neil Lennon. Uh, Joe is a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld. Hi Joe. Hi James, how are we doing? Not too Good. bad at all. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, so it was a Catholic situation mm-hmm. like Alex said and Sunday I saw the team news and on Twitter everybody was saying Catholics, why is he Catholics, why is he not the team? And as much as I love him, I, I don't I don't really see what the whole situation is because in my head I'm thinking about the season and I'm thinking like, take hypothetically take the Livingston game in midweek. If Edmondson doesn't make the bench and he goes with Katic and Goldson, the centre back, and then Hellander's on the bench. Edmondson's like the process that you were talking about, Edmondson has come in for Outside the 18, come into the bench, not featured, and then be packed back out just because Cartage needs to get a game. And then you get the, like the December comes, if he played Cartage and Goldson as a, as a partnership from the start of the season, majority of the way through, and Hellander was the only one kind of being the rotational player within that, being in the uh, subs and then coming in playing the last half or maybe 20 minutes or whatever, depending on what happened. You come, you come to December, and one of them gets injured and you've got Rangers up in seven, eight games in December all pretty big games it's a pretty big part of the season if you don't have players who have experience at, at various levels at various teams home and away then how do you, how do you expect to cope with a season? Well that's what I said earlier on you know the, the manager has got to manage a season which incorporates uh, a vital championship the Europa League and has to try and win a trophy for Rangers, a major trophy which the club has not done for eight years. So, uh, Hellander cost Rangers three and a half million pounds from Bologna, and Goldson is pretty much a fixture in the side mm. and scored at Perth. I think it's a Scottish trait now, where no matter what happens, Rangers win four nothing away. The first question is. Why wasn't he playing? But it, but it wasn't the first question. Well, it, it was probably it, the tenth question domi- of the press conference. Yes, but it's dominating attention here. So, but you you can't tell people what should or shouldn't be on on their minds. It's just it's just a natural 
curiosity that people have when, yeah, when players are in the team and then uh, then are not in the team the following week. Yeah, but but I'm looking at mindset. I'm just thinking it's a Scottish thing. It must be a Scottish thing. This, no matter what happens, no matter how positive the result was, and even though Hellander cost Rangers three and a half million pounds from Serie A, the first question is about a player. Who was it playing? Yeah, I just said though, it wasn't the first question. Well, it came at the end of Stephen Gerrard's press conference, I'm sure. I, uh, I, I think the thing to remember here is that the boy played about 30 games for Rangers last year. He started the season really, really well. He's obviously lost his place at the moment. So it's important for him being so young to knuckle down, try and get back in the team and then grow for there and then become a number one. That is the key. That is his objective. That is his goal is to try and be in there and be the number one centre-half at the club. And if it takes a few knocks to get there, that... Uh, Gives you character as well, Hugh, to try and kind of mainstay. Joe, if you were of a mind to give Hillander a run in the team as he has, w- would you have dropped Katic or would it have been Goldson that you'd have left out? Oh, uh, pro- probably I would have been tempted with Goldson, but the issue is then, if you drop Goldson from my perspective, if you drop Goldson, keep Katic and Hellander in, and then Rangers say lose or draw a game. You'll have probably roughly the same people or other people turn around and say, oh, well, you, you put Helland of the new boy with the young and experienced boy. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, I don't think there was any situation that would have not had any questions about that. In, in other words, Joe, Stephen Gerrard can't win. Yeah, Joe, before we let you go then, make Hugh Keevens a happy man. Give us, a, give us the positive. Let us know what you made of the, the performance overall. Oh, um, I, I thought it was great. Uh, first half wasn't great, but I, I, I'm not saying that I don't think it wasn't great because Rangers were really good. I think in general, both the teams played okay. They both had one significant chance each. Two keepers made a good saves. McGregor was probably the better save, but second half, I mean, can't kind of really save much more than other, other than great. Just look forward to the next few games. Hope it continues. Okay, Joe and Cumbernauld, thank you very much for the call. It's 01419511025. Celtic fans, let's hear from you. Any Kelly fans out there as well, what did you make of that game yesterday? Kilmarnock going in front, Celtic um, doing a, a fairly convincing and professional job in the end. So, what did you make of it? Who was good? Who stood out for you? Neil Lennon says he's getting everything he wants from the players at the moment. Uh, he also thinks they could have beaten Kilmarnock by a bigger margin if it wasn't for their goalkeeper, uh, Brunescu. That is a superb performance. Absolutely superb. I felt the scoreline flattered Kilmarnock at half time. They had one real, if you even want to call it, an attack. It's a great goal from Brophy. There's a bit of luck with the deflection. But before that, we had peppered Kilmarnock's goal in there. Good side. Hit the post. Worked the goalkeeper on a number of occasions and we thoroughly murdered the equaliser when it came and then we just asked for more of the same second half and some of the play for 15-20 minutes after half time was absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. So it's a great performance against a very good team. You don't concede much. I thought the goalkeeper had some world-class saves. The one from Incham just after half time, I thought it was in. It's just a brilliant save. So I'm getting everything from this team that I want at the minute. When teams come to defend, we're working the goalkeeper, we're creating lots of chances and... You know, off the back of a really good performance on Thursday night, you know, they cemented the league form at the minute with a brilliant display today. Celtic fans, what pleased you most about the game yesterday? If you have to pick something, what stood out for you? What pleased you most? 01419511025. Convincing in the end, Hugh Keeves? Yeah, Celtic scored three. Uh, the combination of Brunescu, the post, and the crossbar uh, prevented Celtic from getting six or seven. Uh, outstanding performance. I thought. Kilmarnock got their goal kind of cheaply Brophy took it well but 
I think uh, Celtic defensively were a little lackadaisical uh, at that particular point. But what can you say? The one three one six games played, no defeats, no draws, six wins, mm. uh, and they continue to look. Very impressive We've said this all along Hugh In terms of the firepower You know when you look at the The players that Neil has at his disposal Edward that's another brace Takes him up to 8 goals Christie's got a tap in From a yard To, to make it 10 goals for the season Forrest pitches up in all the big games And then you bring in And Sham Who you know Is a fine player as well So you know It's it's very difficult for teams like Commandlet To contain these guys uh, I think Jim Duffy gave the Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Man of the match Two odds on Edward uh-huh. uh, I've seen James Forrest getting mentions elsewhere, Hugh. It seems like at the moment, Monday or, or Friday, whatever whatever day is after the, the game day, it very rarely rolls around without Alfredo Morelos being mentioned or Odson Edward being mentioned, yeah. such as the contribution yeah. that they're having. Well, I think that Edward showed yesterday that it's not just about games against Rangers, not just about European ties. He can come up, like Morelos, with the goods when Celtic need it in the more bread and butter type matches and they did it twice yesterday I was thinking uh, the importance in terms of which players could any of them afford to lose can you imagine either team lost Morelos or Edward for me I, I think it would be really difficult for them to replace them would they actually bring to the, the table mm. uh, despite getting booked by Greg Aitken yesterday uh, Neil Lennon says he is a fan of the new system of managers getting carded in the sidelines he says it's good to be given some sort of a, a visual warning. And then, you know, the penalty, obviously I was a bit disappointed, but, but I'm not going to criticise the referee for that. I'm not happy with the yellow card, like, because I just reacted the way any other manager would, but um, uh, overall I thought the referee was fine. I see two of your isn't it? The manager's in the yellow card. Oh, it's great. Is that a good thing? Uh, it, no, it is. It is. Then. You know, it's like, you know, there's your warning now, just calm down, which is fine. I've no issue with it at all. And you know Bobby's a Bobby's a great official, and I was talking about not losing my temper. I didn't lose it that badly, but <laughs> you get the warning, and that's it. Were so you that's voicing your opinion to the post Yes, maybe a bit demonstratively, and you're not allowed to do that anymore. But there was no no real issue at all. I think yellow cards work in managers' favour because uh, you know had Neil reacted the way he did to Bobby Madden last season, Bobby Madden might. I've said to the referee, look, he'll need to be sent to the stand. But he's been given the warning. And I think that's a good plan and it works for all managers. Uh, so I agree with Neil Lennon. It, it's it's a good idea. I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why he felt as if it wasn't a penalty. I thought it was as clear-cut a penalty as yeah. you'd actually seen. And I totally agree with you. I totally agree with Neil in terms of the yellow card's a great idea because it just settles people down. Do you think it was a penalty, Hugh Keevans? Stonewall uh, When You know Scott Brown is asked to play In the central defence Because Julian's had to go off uh, And I just think the tackle was clumsy And I, I could see no Reason for argument It was a penalty all day long uh, Paul Wilkie's tweeting in some points uh, About Celtic He says impressive At the weekend uh, But not bringing on Greg Taylor For the injured Julian And playing Scott Brown At right back Was confusing and cost us a penalty uh, Says Paul Wilkie I suppose that'll be the other thing It needs to be um, It's a waiting game now To see Christopher Julian Hugh how, how how will he fare? Yeah well How will he recover? Celtic have got Partick Thistle uh, With the greatest respect They're bottom of the championship You could put El Hamed Beside uh, 
Christopher Ayer and you could play uh, Greg Taylor and Bolingoli in the fullback positions and where's your problem there? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to look closely at, at Partick Thistle a bit later on, Alex, but if that's the, if that's the, the next game, which it is for uh, Celtic, it's, it seems on paper like an ideal opportunity to, to, to introduce guys like Greg Taylor. Absolutely, I think it would be a perfect opportunity, Gordon. You want to integrate him, particularly at Parkhead, where you're going to dominate the ball, and uh, he would flourish because he likes to get forward, uh, so it's, it's an ideal situation. Um, and... The, the keeper Brunescu for Kilmarnock mm, You have to tip brilliant. your hat to him Neil Lennon mentions him as well It really could have been It could have been far more In terms of the deficit yeah. He made that, that great save from Olivier and Cham He kept James Forrest out a number of times As did the wood, the woodwork There seems to be a real collective Effort from Celtic's attacking players at the moment Yeah that, and that will be their strength All season long uh, They can have Christie Forrest uh, Edward Everyone knows about uh, uh, and Sham can chip in with goals So they don't have a problem in that direction But what I would say about Angelo Alessio He's got a good side together now He has survived that early storm Caused by going out to a Welsh part-time team uh, In Europe So they'll present a real problem for Paul Heckenbottom and Hibbs In the Betfred Cup on Wednesday Do you think Kelly can get a top six? Yeah I do yeah, but with that goalkeeper and with Brophy up front uh, and uh, a strength about them all over the park, uh, I mean, Celtic were just too good for them. But when they're not playing Celtic or Rangers, they could accumulate enough mm. points to be top six. Uh, Reagan is on Twitter. He says, I wasn't a big fan of Neil Lennon getting the job in the summer, but what a start to the season. Edward Christie and Forrest. All uh, frightening form so far this season Which links to another tweet that Kieran sent in Saying does anyone know what's happened to Scott Sinclair uh, The answer has to yeah. just, has to be no But at the same time You can't really make a case to say that he's been missed When you look at the guys that Reagan mentions And how they're contributing Unfortunately for him He seems to have gone down the pecking order You know, uh, Elanousi's come in Johnny Hayes seems to be ahead of him I think when Mikey Johnson is fit He will most certainly be ahead of him as well So I think what they did is Gordon They extended Well they took the one year option To extend in the summer With the pretense That he may well go to England And, and recoup some money It hasn't materialised And he's just fallen down The pecking order Which is a shame Because when you look at the contribution Over the previous three years He's really pitched down With some important goals 01419511025 That's the number you need To get in touch So let's hear from you No point in hanging about We'll hear from John In East Kilbride next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Kevins is here. Alex Ray is alongside him. Now all you have to do is get in touch and speak to the guys on 01419511025. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Well done to Jamie. McGowan and Matthew Breckenridge Who have pointed out that Greg Taylor will be cup tied that, that was a test and you passed We were just making sure that you uh, were paying attention And it seems that you are So well done Bring to in you. Johnny Hayes then uh, 01419511025 That's the number you need uh, John and East Kilbride is next Let's quickly speak to Alec who's a Celtic fan first Hi Alec Hi lads, how are we doing? Not bad, what did you make of that uh, yesterday? Uh, well I was at the game yesterday And uh, what, I'm, what I'm now seeing is Is it's attack against defence and it's not just one game, it's home and away. And, you know, Celtic's gone for nine in a row. Rangers are trying to stop nine in a row. And, you know, the Celtic Rangers games, they're, they're exciting and everything else in between, it's just a case of Celtic or Rangers need to break the teams down. Now, 
I thought that when when I watched football for long times that football was a game of two teams played, two teams tried to score. And just one wee thing, if that game, it was never gone anyway, but just say for talking sake, if Rangers or Celtic are playing a game and they batter a team and it finishes nothing each, I think that the team who've had the most shots at goals and had the most attacks or whatever should get awarded the three points because all these other teams, they're just getting in the way. No, 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 you're, oh, you're, you're, no, you're wrong, Alec. Alec. I mean, you know, uh, St. Johnston are currently bottom of the table. Hims are second bottom. That's where Celtic are going on Saturday. Uh, even though it's at Easter Road, if Paul Heckingbottom decides to line up in a defensive way uh, so as not to get a going over from Celtic, then he's a man trying to protect his job and Hims are a club trying to protect their league status. So... They're not all in Celtic's position where they have millions in the bank, a massive squad, uh, and if survival is their primary objective, then you'll just have to put up with it, Alec. I wanted, wanted no. to, Alec, Alec, just out of curiosity, if um, Celtic go to Barcelona and park the bus and it's a draw, do the three points then go back to Barcelona on that pretense? It, you have to put it in context. Uh, Alec, Alec, we went to Barcelona and we won two. Or we won two one at Parquet against the mighty Barcelona, and we drew one each when we went to the new camp against Barcelona. What yeah. I'm saying is, I used to try to tell me that what you are witnessing, you're only witnessing. I witness, what I'm witnessing is a team that's trying to score and another team that's playing seven across the back. And it's just trying to stop the other team from scoring. Is that it then? Is that yeah, the brand? That, Is that yeah, the product? That's it. But yeah. Alec, you've also you just conveniently left out the hammerings from Barcelona as well. Surely when a smaller team takes on a bigger team, they have the right to line up any which way they want. Odson Edward, the Celtics match winner in the main yesterday, he cost nine million pounds. Do you know how far that would that would take? Kilmarnock They are operating At a completely different level In a completely different market And have to just find a way Of making life difficult For Celtic They're not there to open up And let Celtic put Nine goals past them surely But it's not just Kilmarnock yeah, They're all in the same week. boat Exactly They're all in the right, same boat so, And Celtic and Rangers so, Are on a different Financial stratosphere Right so Every game now That you're going to watch And then, then you can then the, the punters doing in England Who are watching their product They've got every right to say, you know what, I'm turning that off because that looks like a training yeah, session. Well, like Man, Man, Man City just beat Watford 8-0. Is, is, is that better? Is that is that desirable? I know it's for you as a Celtic fan, but what, what, what does that say about a product? So, you, listen, they've got a bit of... They've got a, a, they're a different gravy, don't tell they? Me, tell they're, me, they're tell me, Alec, what do people watching football in England have to do with Hamilton Ackies or St Mirren or St Johnston fighting for survival? Are they supposed to go out on the park and say... Listen, we better think about people in Bishop Stortford who are watching this game, and we better try harder. They're there for survival. It's got nothing to do with folk in England who are watching football on their television. It's about survival. And also, Alex, surely Kilmarnock's aim is to finish as high in the league as they can. Do you hear managers all the time saying that their seasons won't be defined by games against Celtic or Rangers? Right. So are you happy with what you're watching week in, week out? You're asking us if we're happy. We're here I'm to. Tr- you. Yeah, we're no, he- I'm, I'm... we're here. Yeah, you've asked us. Wait a minute for the answer. We're here to talk about football. We would love it if every week it was Hamilton Ackies four, Celtic four, or St Johnston five, Rangers five. However, you have to acknowledge we live in a world of haves and have nots, and Celtic and Rangers have, and pretty much the majority in that league have not. So. 
It's just the law of the jungle Thank you very much Alec on the line 01419511025 John is also on He's in East Kilbride Hi John Hi John, how are you doing? Good thanks John What's your uh, what's your point tonight? It's just a couple of points You were talking about earlier About the, the Rangers first half performance uh, Been like what? I don't know Was the word like what Yeah that's what I used there John Yes Hi Alec hi. So if it's like what Good teams will punish them And again the second half is irrelevant well, you can only take each game in their merit because it might not have been lacklustre if you uh, you were up against a, a bigger team within that league. You don't know how it's going to pan out. You don't know how players are going to react to different circumstances. So you can only take it in that individual game yesterday, John. Um, but uh, listen, if they play against you know some of the bigger teams, all being some of them are not playing particularly well, they might not get the the benefit of a nil nil at half time. You know, but I think when you look at the game, it was lacklustre. You know, I think there was one shot apiece. Uh, or Hallinan and Morelos was only two shots of note uh, within that first half, and Stephen Gerrard even came out and said it himself. So, I think I think they would be looking for more uh, with the quality they have, uh, particularly in that first half. Mm. They obviously delighted with the second half. Well, Alec, there's been six games this year in the league, so I think Rangers. When you buried the Celtic, Simone game was like Leicester again. That game yesterday, I'm seeing this season's been pretty like Leicester for Rangers I know Europa League have done okay fair buzz you're a hard man to please John surely I, I know what you're saying there maybe were moments yesterday but a 4-0 defeat it can hardly be described as lacklustre surely over the piece 4-0 a 4-0 win was sorry was it a 4-0 win really because Alaska or Defoe's goals offside we all know that No, I, I know that John but you won the game 4-0 yeah well, but you also, you, John you could also say that the penalty decision as well didn't go in their favour which probably should have been a penalty so but we're splitting hairs here the actual fact of the matter is they actually ran out extremely comfortable yesterday uh, all being the first half but I think the second half warranted them being very comfortable in the end I think Ali and John the, the last two callers uh, one supporting Celtic John supporting Rangers they're looking for something that doesn't exist. They're looking for perfection, first half and second half, every week and every month and every year. And they want every opponent to play the game in the proper spirit and let Rangers and Celtic run over them. I wouldn't say so here. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is the Celtic game, we get buried. A full game. But what I'm saying is a good team can bury them in the first half and the second half is irrelevant That's what I'm trying to say Well I, I don't think there's a team in our league Who can bury Celtic or Rangers In the first half And assume that was that There isn't a team there Capable of doing that I mean John asks the, the, the obvious question then Surely you would be happy to perform Like you did yesterday every week If it meant a 4-0 victory I mean that's not even close But what I'm saying is we can get punished in the first half. Celtic punished us in the full game, I thought. That's the problem. Well, you, you, you've just contradicted yourself. You said you can get punished in the first half. Celtic uh, took care of Rangers over both halves. So, what's it to be? Uh, thank you very much. That was John on the line in East Kilbride. So, 01419511025 to join him. Twitter, uh, we are at Clyde SSB. Uh, what's coming in? Uh, lots of. Um, Cat Reed's got a suggestion If people want more balanced games Get into juniors Juniors is a much more level playing field With boys playing for the love of the game Not the money I don't know I think some probably get a nice wee bit of money as well Involved in the junior game Do they not? Um, let's get back to the phones If we can Andrew is just along the road in Clyde Bank Hi Andrew How you doing boys alright? Good oh, Andrew good. 
I'm just getting a wee bit sick of people phoning up and just all the days complaining. <laughs> what a great, what a tremendous league it's been so far, and we're not even a quarter of the way through. What a tremendous, tremendous change it is from what we've had over the past few seasons because of of of, uh, of what happened to Rangers in the past few years. There's going to be games where they're going to be bad. They're going to be there's going to be bad games. That's just life. We have to suck it up. We have to be grown up about this. And there's too many people phoning in, wanting this great game of ours to be perfect. Things aren't going to be perfect in this world. What a tremendous, tremendous start to everything for Celtic and for Rangers. Hundred percent, both teams. Other teams kind of struggling to get that on the ladder but they're getting there come on get, they Andrew, have to Andrew, you, make, Andrew you make a very good point there and I'll tell you the reason why I was listening to Roy Keane and uh, Sunus uh, Mourinho speaking yesterday and the importance of getting a result and they don't look back to September you know when they were really strong in the first half Liverpool second half desperate uh, uh, but they managed to get the result But the importance of the three points yeah. and Sometimes you've got to dig out a result And it's not going to be perfect I mean, you, I think what's become a bit I'm not really sure how we even got into this <laughs> debate To be honest I think Alec the caller uh, Sort of brought it up As if this is something new Rangers and Celtic In terms of their resources Have been miles ahead of the rest For yeah, decades. my lifetime Yeah. So that that's nothing new, and we simply have to find our entertainment and find our enjoyment elsewhere. The thought that that Hamilton or St Johnson or Kilmarnock can routinely be as good as Celtic or Rangers will not happen. This it simply won't happen. Yeah, uh, and you're right. It, it, it's been that way uh, for pretty much the history of Scottish football, uh, apart from the time when Alec Fergie. Ferguson yeah. at Petaudry, uh Wee Jim. rewrote the history. Uh, Jim got one title 1983 yep. uh, For Dundee United But There's a bit of an elitism That comes into this You know Why don't these poor teams Why don't they just Try harder and, You know Does that mean to say that uh, it, you, We get poor people And richer people And the poor people Should get out the way For the richer people No That's not how life works uh, Andrew and Clyde Bank Thank you very much You've put a, a bit more of a positive spin on it I like your style uh, So we'll leave that one there And it's time for this Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It is Beat the Pundit time It's a new week A clean slate If you like your chance To win a sign ball If you can get one over On Hugh Keevans Or Alex Ray The number you need Is 0141 951 1025 And you need it now You need it to be quick Because you only have Until the news at 7 So give us a call Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader For compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, looking back on a busy weekend for Scottish football. We kicked off reflecting on Rangers' victory uh, in St Johnston, the four goals, the controversial refereeing decisions and the rest. Celtic winning 3-1 against Kilmarnock. We've not even got to the Edinburgh Derby yet, which we will. And it's now time to have your say. Partick Thistle fans on your new manager. It's Ian McCall. He's a man you know well. Are you happy with the appointment? What do you make of it? Would you have gone for someone else? Let us know. 0141 We'll do this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football 
beat the pundit time A new week, a new chance for you to win a signed ball A new chance for you to heap some misery on the pundits Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are ready One of them is up against Darrell from Clarkston How are you tonight Darrell? I'm fine thank you, how are you? Good stuff Darrell, you're a Celtic fan What did you make of yesterday? Decent win? Um, yeah it was okay, it was, it was quite comfortable in the end I went to the game with my son and daughter uh, One nothing down, you're never happy But I think the most important thing was to get the goal before half time and in, in the end I think Celtic ran out quite, quite comfortable winners to be honest I thought the man in the match was actually their keeper I think I think people would agree with you on that one some great saves from Brunescu onto uh, the League Cup now of course but you've got more pressing business you've got beat the pundit heads you're up against Hugh and tails it is Alex Ray and it's tails it's going to be Alex against Darrell from Clarkson so let me give Alex a bit of clay two in his ear and that way you can't hear us Darrell it's just you and I you've got 30 seconds head to head with Alex remember you can pass here is your chance to beat the pundit are you ready? ready name any of the two Scottish players to play for Fulham at the moment oh, uh, pass what was the final score of Celtic's win against Kilmarnock yesterday? 3-1 to Celtic in what year of the noughties did Ian McCall first join Partick Thistle as manager? 2005 who scored Hart's winning goal against Hibs? Oh, it was the young boy, Hickey. Uh, what is the name of Morton's home ground? Capital. How many goals does Jermaine Defoe have in the Premiership this season? Six. Who's the only team unbeaten in Scottish League One? Falkirk. Okay, uh, let's bring back Alex. See if you can hear us, Alex. See you with us. Yes, yes. You are right. Same set of questions to you. You ready? Hold on. I saw the mic out Oh look at that Hugh He's taking it seriously tonight he fell he's, down. he's going for the perfect <laughs> mic position You ready? Right, we okay. were Frank Sinatra there <laughs> Name any of the two Scottish players To play for Fulham uh, McDonald and Kearney and What was the final score Of Celtic against Kilmarnock yesterday? 3-1 In what year of the noughties Did Ian McCall first join Partick Thistle as manager? Uh, 2007 Who scored Hearts winner Against Hibs? Uh, Hickey what is the name of Morton's home ground? Capital. How many goals does Jermaine Defoe have in the Premiership Eight. this season? Uh, which team remains undefeated in Scottish League One? Scottish League One will be... Uh... Too late. Cove Rangers. That's League Two. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darrell, what do you think? I think a good beat. Do you think so? I thought, uh, let's go through and find out the first one. You'd, it, name any two of the Scots who play for Fulham. Alex was trying for extra points. He named them both, but you're only getting one. Uh, you had the choice of Tom Kearney or Kevin McDonald. So it's 1 0 to Alex. Uh, Darrell, you were at the game yesterday, so this would have been in the unforgivable category if you hadn't got it right. But you did Celtic 3, Kilmarnock 1. Alex got it as well. Uh, in what year of the noughties did Ian McCall first join Partick Thistle as manager? Darrell said 05, Alex said 07. I assume you were both just guessing. No, I was at uh, Dundee at the time Yeah, you were actually And you're right It's 2007 What chance you got, Daryl If he's getting ones like that That's three Uh, You both knew Aaron Hickey So it's 4-2 to Alex It stays uh, with the two-point deficit 5-3 because you both knew Capolo Alex Ray gets a yellow card for diving in though Because you didn't wait until I said In the Premiership for Jermaine Defoe I know He has five Mm. in the Premiership Um, And the undefeated team in League One Is East Fife So none of them really matter towards the end Because it's five for Alex Ray And a three for you Daryl That's a respectable three That's not bad yeah Unfortunately not enough to beat the pundit Hardlines Daryl Well played mate Thanks a lot Cheers Good man that was Daryl and Clarkston uh, On beat the pundit The signed ball stays where it is That was... Uh, do you know I thought you were on track For 100% Jim Duffy Got 100% the other night oh. And I thought you were going to match him 
You slipped up with your Jermaine Defoe knowledge Yes Who would have Who would have thought it Right Partick Thistle fans Let's hear from you Ian McCall Has returned to the club As the manager Quite simply What do you make of it And Alan Archibald About a year after leaving Yes uh, As as the manager He's back as the number two What a turnaround Ian McCall says He's feeling emotional On his return to Partick Thistle He says any disconnect Between the club and the supporters Must stop now And that he's ready To bring the feel good factor Back to Firhill Yes I'm absolutely thrilled To be back It's been an incredibly emotional day In a good way And in a bad way It's down here this morning So um, But being here And seeing the red and yellow And uh, you know the dugouts were certainly not like that when I was here as manager before. So yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be back as manager part of Thistle, and uh, it's been a it's been a long day. What we have to understand, it's been an incredible. I've said this to other guys, it's been an incredibly hard couple of years for Thistle fans. Not just on the pitch, we lost our greatest ever manager. We lost uh, Mr. McParland. We lost Johnny Lambie. Alan went through a hard hard time in his last year, and he's a legend. The performances haven't been great and there has been a disconnect. I don't think there's any doubt that stops now and there won't be a disconnect. doesn't guarantee you're going to win football matches, uh, but in time, we hope to be able to do that. And In time, I'd like to put the, the, a brand of football that I like to play and uh, onto the football pitch, but you know we, we need our supporters. and They know me now, I'm not, um, you know, they know I was managing here during difficult times and, um, and I'm not... You know, it's not. I've used the word before, but I'm not a sucker fan. This is my team, and uh, I want. I, I just thought that the red and yellow was missing from this football club. The heart has been missing, and it needs to be put back. Great words. Um, Ian McCall is absolutely truthful there. Uh, he loves Partick Thistle. He came in 2007, and 12 years later, Ian McCall is a different man. Never mind football manager. He's a different man. He knows that not everything went well for him in that spell 2007-2011 when he was manager there But he comes back a more experienced, more mature and a better football manager And he really loves the club And let's be honest, the bottom of the championship The only way is quite literally up Uh, But I think the reaction on social media to his appointment The Patrick Thistle fans for the most part are absolutely delighted they have him back. I mean, Alex Ray, it can't be often that a team who is joint top of the league loses their manager to a team who's bottom. But there's clearly more to it than that for Ian McCall. There's clearly that emotional pull there, uh, that personal feeling with the club. And it, it certainly looks in a footballing sense as if that has um, spoken a lot in his, when it comes to his decision. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, it must have been a difficult one to make as well, Gordon. When you take into consideration the job than what she's done over the last couple of years at Ayr, um, you know, he lost a couple of his key players, Shanklin in the summer. And to be joint top after six games with Dundee United shows the r- remarkable job in which he's done. That's the reason why Patrick Thistle came back to get him. We, we had some callers on at the weekend. They were saying that uh, the importance of getting a guy who knows what they're doing, experience, yeah. uh, to get them out of this kind of. They're only seven points off of fourth place. That will be Ian's objective. Though I, I, I got headed and get too excited, but uh, he says that they're heartless. He says there's a disconnect And it's his job now To try and kind of Galvanise that club Hugh is a Partick Thistle fan From Cumbernauld You happy to see Ian McCall back Hugh? Absolutely Absolutely delighted guys uh, Absolutely delighted um, I can see I don't know Maybe a slight problem in my head If this takeover It's one of Hugh's favourite topics If this takeover goes ahead I can see us having some kind of problem Where we're going to send some 
Barnes and Zeppelin's up in January, Mr. McCall. Um, we want you to play them. Um, I, I, I can imagine what Ian McCall's first words would say, yeah, absolutely delighted, but, you know, but let's just get the heart back in the club because I watched the game this afternoon there and honestly, goodness, it must have been the worst performance I've seen from any Patrick Tussle team. Well, let's, um, let's, let's examine the, the positives before we go looking for negatives. When when Ian McCall was a Partick Thistle manager the first time, he was the one who took a chance on Chris Doolan and on Chris Erskine. And look what that did for Partick Thistle. And that shows a manager who has an eye for a player and who has a an eye for a gamble, if you like. He, he took those guys out of junior football and Chris Doolan went on to score over 100 goals for Partick Thistle. So... He can't do anything about the transfer market until January, but he can put the red and yellow back into Partick Thistle, as he said, and that's the first thing that will happen. They're away to Inverness at the weekend. I know they've got Celtic midweek, but survival in the league is the first priority for Ian McCall. They're away to Inverness, and that's a hard start for him, but he, he, will, he will do it for the club. The, the thing is, what you have to take into is that Hugh's worried about January. There's 14 weeks prior to that that he has to get this team going in the right direction. If there is a takeover and it's a guy from Barnsley, he still has to strike up a relationship with him, and it may well benefit, uh, because if they're sending better players up, Ian's not going to just play players for the sake of it. He has to build And he has to build Because he's got a big job In his hands here uh, Hugh how do you feel About Alan Archibald Coming back There can't be many managers who, Who've left a club And then returned A year later As the assistant that, That's quite a, a Unique situation isn't it Yes I'm quite happy For Archie To come back but, um, as, as an assistant And the guy's The guy's a legend But yeah I'm absolutely lazy For the whole What amazes me Is that Six weeks ago, we couldn't afford the, uh, to, 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 for a bus to go to a away match. Now, all of a sudden, we've got three bloody managers in the team. <laughs> Where's well, all the money coming from? Well, Let's go uh, bump up your pie prices here. <laughs> the, the, we'll, we'll let David Beattie address that topic, the chairman at Partick Thistle. But it's a fair point because there, there yeah. are not many clubs who can go and pay for yeah. for another manager never mind one who's had high profile financial difficulties I, I do believe Gordon there comes a time when you can't afford not to pay for something and if you're bottom of the league and you've hit rock bottom in every sense at the weekend by going down 3-0 at home to Dunfermline you can't afford not to do something about it and that's what Patrick Thistle have done today and that's why I said my result of the weekend was Dunfermline's win there because the whole club then thought, right, better get Ian McCall and better start the road back. Hugh and Cumbernauld, thank you very much. Graham and Knightswood will be next up. Let's hear from David Beattie first. The Partick Thistle chairman says they are in dialogue with the Scottish FA over the potential takeover, uh, just to make sure there are no issues with dual ownership. Uh, he says he's ex- also expecting an approach from Thistle Forever, or the fan group, and he says it's something that they will seriously consider. We put a letter in, started to put a letter in about the dual interest into the SFA. The SFA quite rightly have come back and asked us uh, for some more detail, and that's what we are. We're we're in the process of putting more detail into into the SFA. I think it's done on a case-by-case basis in the SFA, so there is no right or wrong. They will look at it in in the wider context, what's good for Scottish football, and I think that's correct. I met with the Jags Trust, and I met with Partick Thistle, Trust and I also met with uh, Forever Thistle uh, people and uh, just to find out exactly what questions they had and I think it was a very productive meeting and uh, Forever Thistle 
um, maybe putting in a, a different proposal to take on ownership of the club. We as board of directors uh, of the club, we, we all have one concern, and that's the sustainability of Partick Thistle Football Club going forward. So whatever deal comes our way, we're going to consider. And if we think it's for the benefit of the football club, we'll take it. It'd be rude of us if uh, the fans wanted uh, a potential deal from the, from their side of things for us not to consider that. So I think it's only fair that, that, that we do consider it. I haven't seen any detail of it yet, so there is no proposal on the desk from me. I've just had an indicative, we, we, we think we're going to put a, a deal together. That's probably well. Right, the first part of Thistle on tonight was Hugh He was a, a fan from Cumbernauld He was over the moon with the appointment of Ian McCall Graham and Knightswood, are you happy as well? Not so much, I'm afraid um, Thanks for having me on uh, But I'm quite disappointed that we've went for Ian McCall uh, The flip side of that is I'm delighted to see Alan Archibald back at the club um, I thought it was a big mistake that the board made getting rid of Archie in the first place. I don't think that Gary Caldwell did any better than Alan Archibald would have done last season. And I would rather have seen Archie, the manager now, and Chris Doolan and Chris Erskine still at the club. Um, I know that we need to get over that period, but I don't think Ian McCall's necessarily the right can, man to get can over. Can you tell us why he's not the man? I just remember... Uh, the time previously when he was manager uh, not being my favourite time as a, as a Thistle fan um, I, I'm grateful for you pointing out that it was actually uh, McCall that brought Dylan and because uh, I had completely forgotten that and that sort of buoyed me a little bit but I just think that it's not an exciting appointment for me Well who would have excited you bearing in mind that you have to think of Who's interested in Partick Thistle? Point number one, because it's not the easiest sell in the world to managers. They're bottom of the championship. Who would have been attainable for Partick uh, Thistle? Genuinely, Hugh, um, and I've already had pelters on social media about this over the weekend, but I would have went for Danny Lennon. But Danny Lennon um, extended his contract at Clyde. I appreciate that, but we've just spent money on Ian McCall, so um, I think that Danny Lennon would have brought that red and yellow passion. He was our captain uh, under the I, greatest I assume, manager in Thistle's history. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have to assume that Danny Lennon, knowing that Partick Thistle were in dire straits and that the job was going to come up, I have to assume that he took a decision that he wanted to stay with Clyde and that's why he extended his contract. Uh, Graham, do you feel... Is there a possibility though I don't know if this will make you feel any better Is Ian McCall A superior manager now To, to the one that left Assess the job he's, he's done at air recently Does that not fill you With some sort of confidence so, I mean I think so I just um, Being a Thistle fan I'm normally quite pessimistic anyway So <laughs> uh, and, and that's uh, Maybe my pessimism More than anything But It's one of those As you were saying It's not an easy sell To get a manager in I, I, I mean I heard Lee Clark being mentioned and my first thought of that was why would Lee Clark want to come to Thistle? Um, Unemployment's normally a reason. I think he took over over Gateshead or some team down down the road so I'm sure he would be keen on Patrick Thistle. But to go back to Ian McCall, as I say, I believe that he is a better manager and also a different person from the one who was at Firhill the first time. He's older, wiser and the job he's done at Air United shows that 
He's capable alright Graham ultimately Ian McCall has to work With the same group of players Between now and January Certainly Does that squad have the potential To improve? Yes I think so Um, There are They're they're better players Than their current forum suggests Um, But Like I said I think that Alan Archibald Would have done A better job Than Gary Caldwell Last season And uh, I think that Ian McCall will do a better job than Gary Caldwell was doing this season. I just I'm I'm on that pessimistic part of my uh, thistle indoctrination. Um, uh, Alex, Ray, give us a bit of an insight into what the dynamic would be like for Alan Archibald returning to a club where he was manager twelve months ago. In fact, not even uh, not see, even I don't think um, I don't, I don't he's think, now the assistant yeah, manager. I, I don't think it will be uh, an issue at all. No. no, I think he'll go back in there. You know, I think there'll probably be uh, several players that are still there. I know there's been a massive turnover in the last what year or so of players uh, due to the fact there's been new managers coming in. So I wouldn't think it'd be an issue at all. I think it'd be delighted to be back in football, and you know, I think they'll be indebted. To, to McCall for actually giving that opportunity Graham and Knightswood thanks for the call I'm sure we'll speak again soon as this Ian McCall journey uh, gathers pace so keep in touch with us let us know how you think it's going Jonathan is on Twitter at Clyde SSB he's very happy with the appointment I think it's nice that he has a straightforward game for his first match back in charge Celtic <laughs> Park yeah. uh, hopefully this gives the players and everyone else a much needed boost thank you very much you Partick Thistle fans we had a huge game in Edinburgh yesterday mm. Was that enough to save Craig Levine In the eyes of you Hearts fans Is Paul Heckingbottom doomed In the eyes of you Hibs fans Let us know 0141 951 1025 We'll hear from them And get the full time teaser next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here We're looking back on a busy weekend in Scottish football And we're also looking at today's big breaking news Which is that Ian McCall is back as Partick Thistle manager Alan Archibald is back as his assistant We're going to take a closer look at the Edinburgh Derby So if you've got any thoughts on that one Now's the time to get them in on 01419511025 Now, it's full time teaser time Very straightforward question tonight Not for us it's not Maybe one that we've had before actually But the good thing about these questions You can always bring them up again As the memory starts to fade uh, So You're in good company in here yeah. Stephen Lee has sent this one in Thank you Stephen He sent it to fulltime at clyde1.com So that's where you need to send your question If you want to hear it on the show Fulltime at clyde1.com Go and write it down Stephen's looking for Very simply The top 10 SPL goal scorers Of all time so, so of the SPL era Who are the top Henrik. 10 goal scorers? Chris Boyd that's number one and two Boyd then Larson um. So just for anyone who can't remember The SPL ran from 1998 to 2013 So for that 15 year period Who were the top goal scorers in Scotland? Chris Boyd got 167 league goals across that time He's number one Chris Sutton Henrik Larson got 158 He's number two Hartson Chris Sutton is nowhere to be seen Hartson Yes, 88 He's number... Five. He's fifth on the list. Um, started nineteen ninety eight. to twenty thirteen. I think some people will nail this. Some people have got these types of lists memorised forever. Mm. I know you two don't. Not not even close. But um, some people will. So at Clyde SSB, if you want to play along, we'll leave it there. We'll park it for a while. The top ten scorers in the SPL era, ninety eight to twenty thirteen. You've got Chris Boyd, Henrik Larson, John. 
Hartson uh, That's a good start We are about to hear from Craig Levine And Paul Heckingbottom So calling all you Hearts and Hibs fans Let's hear from you But Bill's first up in Renfrew Hi Bill Hi, how you doing guys? You alright? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Just kind of going back to what we were talking about um, Nikola Katic um, Losing his place um, In the starting lineup. Um, for me, it, it all stems from the Celtic game, obviously. It's the only game they've lost this season. Um, and if you remember the first goal that Rangers lost, Goldson actually is the guy that loses the ball. But he's probably asked to make that pass because that's the style of play that Rangers are trying to build up and so on and so forth. He's played the dangerous ball, he's lost the ball, the boy Johnson's picked it up. There's no pressure on the ball whatsoever, but Katic hasn't read the game at all. He's not filled in behind, he's not covered Goldson at all, not put any pressure on Edward. He's got a free shot at goal and it's 1-0. And that, for me, that kind of is, is plain and simple reason why he's out of the team. And you t- look at Hellander when he's come in. The one thing that he's really, really, really good at is sweeping in behind. He's great at covering. He's absolutely fantastic at it. And I think Katic has got quite a lot to learn. He's going to learn it from this big guy. What have you made of, of Hellander so far then, Alex? I think he's been pretty steady, Gordon. I, I take uh, Bill's point in terms of um, you know covering round. I think uh, that's exactly what you're looking for when you get a partnership going. When someone attacks the ball, you have to uh, deepen. Uh, and, and saying that, you look at Hellander the, when he got caught under the ball. Uh, you know, St. Johnson nearly scored. The Michael Halloran chance. Yeah, so nearly scored yesterday. So... I take I take his point on board. I think uh, Katic is a work in progress as well. I still think yeah, I you know yeah. It, there's no doubt about it. I think the thing about uh, Conor Golson for me as it currently stands, he's his number one. You know he's consistent. He, he digs in. And uh, would you uh, go along with that? Like, you know, would you agree with Stephen Gerrard's assessment? Is he the best of the the four? Yeah, I, I would. I would think so, Gordon. There was there was times yesterday when, particularly in that first half, when when Golson was getting the ball and he was getting away a lot of possession. You know, he was trying to wrap balls in and it was. We're going astray and things, and there's a frustration there because, um, going back to Bill's point about in terms of that is the way people have coached. Uh, uh, I think if it's tight, your understanding is that you just clip the channel rather than try and play into areas that are going to be a turnover of possession when it's so tight. Uh, so for me, I, I don't think I, I, I would blame Golson as well as Katic for that, uh, Rangers goal. Stop a pass from Goldson, but that's what they're trying to do. I, I wouldn't have played the pass. I think he's got to go long, and long in that situation. Yeah. But at the same time, as soon as Celtic pick the ball up, there's no pressure on yeah. the ball goal. Katic has got to understand that. He's got to see Edward the danger, cover his man Goldson, and at least try and get a tackle and at least put a block in. But he doesn't do anything. He actually you know, he gambles, actually, he actually, Bill. He actually, he actually tries to play offside. Yeah, yeah you know, but that's what I'm saying. That's why he gambles, Bill, because he's trying to gamble, whereas if he'd had a recognition of where he was in the pitch... Edward run was rather wide, so if he did, if he did match that run, it's not as if you know he was straight in and go. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, he could easily have matched it because he was he was facing he was on the half turn, so it wasn't as if he had to alter his feet. Or you just whilst we're on the subject of different players coming in and out, does does the nature of Rangers Cup game leave less room for for tinkering? Is that does that still go down as a, as a tricky tie? And especially now, there's all this emphasis on. Steven Gerrard Can he win silverware this season? Must yeah. he win silverware this season? Um, Livingston tends to be An awkward place for Rangers It's an awful Awful Playing surface uh, But I think Steven Gerrard Will be conscious of the need To get Further into the competition He, he will think that Assumptions are dangerous And complacency is fatal So I wouldn't expect To see an understrength Rangers side at Livingston Bearing in mind They are both in the Premiership Celtic are playing a team Who are bottom of the Championship And at home Yes 
Uh, I think Rangers team will reflect uh, the nature of the opposition and that awful, awful pitch. Final word to you, Bill. Um, I think George Edmondson might actually get his shot tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if Katic came back in. I think I think he might. I think Rangers will actually make a number of changes. To be honest with you, um, but they'll be playing against part of the bus, no doubt. So nothing changes. No matter what the team is, it'll, it'll still be the same setup. I'd imagine it's going to be tough to break down. I think hopefully if Rangers get the first goal, they'll probably go on and win two or three. Bill, you're a good man. Thank you very much for the call. That was Bill on 01419511025. Still looking for you, Hearts and Hibs fans. I wonder. Is that, it? is that the final nail in Paul Heckingbottom's coffin as far as you Hibs fans are uh, concerned? And what about Craig Levine? Has he has he won you over? Has he turned things around? Or is it papering over the cracks? 0141-951-1025 uh, Let's hear from them. Craig Levine, he admits that they've not given the fans enough to cheer about this season. He was happy to put that right yesterday though. Stevie Mallon's stunner had Hibs ahead. Uchi Ikpiatsu's equaliser paved the way. And then it was 17-year-old Aaron Hickey to get the winner for Craig Levine's side. There's ways to win games, and there's ways to to win games by by uh, accumulating another thousand grey hairs, and that was today. You know, to to go behind and then come back and uh, and win the match in a derby match away from home is a pretty special thing. So I'm thrilled to bits for the players and of course the supporters as well. In this game, I, I kind of welcome the pressure in these matches because it's a different thing, and I can have more influence on this type of pressure than I can on the other one that I was speaking about. So this game's something I know really really well I know I know what's needed to, to, to win it and but you need your players to be 100% at it and uh, I think their attitude was fantastic today particularly after we went behind so all credit to them and all credit to the supporters in all honesty we haven't given them enough days like these this season so far so we need to do, we need to do better let's try and take these separately then let's do Craig Levine first yeah. what did that mean to him yesterday is, is that enough is, does this need to be the start of something I looked at the reaction of the Hearts fans behind that goal when Aaron Hickey scored my goodness mm. he'd have thought that Hearts had won the league uh, he was there Craig Levine to win a football match he wasn't there to win a style contest it didn't matter how it looked he had to win that match and he succeeded minutes after the crowd were saying you're getting sacked in the morning so he may have been Bailed out by a 17 year old But He was simply there To win a football match And now the pressure Rolls on To Aberdeen In the Betfred Cup Midweek But I think That result In tandem With Anne Burge's statement Means The Shugly nail Is stronger now They've got to believe now That they can go on Kick on uh, And take confidence From that win I know it's only been 1-1 one, one in 13 games Gordon But if they can beat Aberdeen, all of a sudden the complexion changes. That's into the last four, isn't it? So that would give them uh, a bit of kudos and then they can really kick on in the league. But um, if they lose that, then it's back to square one, really. Let's go to the other side. Let's hear from Paul Heckenbottom. He says he is 100% the man to turn things around at Hibs after that derby defeat. They're not games you want to lose, whether you've run a good run or a bad run. Believe me, would I feel any different if we'd won two in a row before this? I don't know. I don't think I would. It's tough to take. Obviously, you want the wins, you want to change things round, you want to put right the things that are going wrong. But I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't call it any different. This is just a sickener anyway. It's a sickener in its own right. Understand the frustrations, the the feelings. It's it's a tough one, and, and the manner of the defeat's a tough one as well. Based on what you have available, do you still think you're the man that can turn this around as the manager here? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and I'd love to see your face if I said otherwise sat here. So. Yeah, 100%. It's not 
again, you, you'll ask me those things that I can't, to do your job, you cannot be thinking like that. You can't. It's, it's, just, it's pointless. What, what's the point in doing that? You know, I've already been looking back at the video of the games and you're already straight away, you think about tomorrow. What are you going to show the players? How, are you going to, how is it going to be delivered? Because you've got to change some things. And that's the job 24-7. You've got a good uh, source here you've, you've got a hippie in the family Correct. And it's only one fan Doesn't speak for everyone no, But no. what's the verdict been? Before I left this building yesterday uh, He was on by text to say P45 now For Heckenbottom uh, It reminded the hippie in the family Of the days of Pat Fenlon and Terry Butcher When they were at Easter Road He's not having them Doesn't want them And wants a change uh, we've got tweets coming in Boring mm. Daniel Farmer's on That's his Twitter name by the way I didn't <laughs> I, just, I didn't just decide that he's boring It's Boring Daniel Farmer I called it last week And I'm unsurprised Heckingbottom has to go I reckon he'll be given the Kelly game He'll be given the boot After an inevitable defeat Hoping the board don't make the mistake Of giving him the Celtic and Aberdeen games As he's not the man So um, there was a a protest of sorts outside Easter Road yesterday Alex I don't think yeah. there were quite as many As had previously been outside Tynecastle But there's there's a lot of discontent at Paul Heckingbottom at the moment. Yeah, you have to say, Gordon, the, the run that he's on has uh, been really frustrating for everyone concerned at the club. The the concerning thing for me is they look powder puff. He's come out, he says he's, he's, he's questioning them. He's almost said that he's looking for them to start digging people out, but in the middle of the park, they don't look to have that kind of spoiler, uh, you know, Marvin Bartley, that type of guy that they had in previous years, which gave them that kind of balance. The, the whole balance of the team doesn't quite re- to me at the moment and uh, he says he's going to make changes for the next game uh, and he's a, he's going to say that he is 100% the right man obviously to try and kind of keep in that job but if the next couple of results mm. don't go his way I, I fear for him and y- you need that in, in this league well in most leagues but you need that balance don't you you look at look at the teams and I obviously exclude Celtic and Rangers from this because they're, they're not going to recruit that level of player um, but Aberdeen in recent years have Graham Shinney and Kilmarnock have got Dicker and Power and yes. Motherwell have got Alan Campbell and, and you know there's a there, there, you need that balance if you've got lovely footballers like Scott Allen who can pick passes and Stevie Mallon who can regularly yes. cause goalkeepers trouble from 35 yards who's doing the other side who's doing the dirty work for you well, yeah I was listening to Stephen Presley talk yesterday Gordon in terms of possession based football they're the third uh, best team in the league but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually going to win football games because you will see a scrap uh, time and time again in this level and you need guys that are going to be able to do that and it's not just the midfielders, you need everybody to be firefighting and it doesn't seem to be there at the moment. Uh, what a great response on Twitter ah, to tonight's teaser. I must say, I'm just looking through some of the effort. Too, too many to mention, but I'll try it. I mean, Peter Gray has given it a real good go. Scott Liddell's got a few. Gabby Amato... Um, Gary Bryson's thrown one in, but it's a crucial one. Um, I'll, I'll give you one. Hold on a second, just let me make sure. <laughs> he can't I'm, wait, I'm he just, must think he's got I'm one. I'm just running through these. <laughs> We're the only sure. two trying to get this answer, and he's reading out <laughs> folk on Twitter. Listen, it's, it's about mass participation, the full time teaser. That's the idea. Anyway, I'll repeat the question for anyone who missed it. It is Can you name the top 10 goal scorers from the SPL era? It's a pretty simple question. You so far. Um, what have you got so far You've got Chris Boyd Henrik Larsson And John Hartson Derek Riordan He's third on the list Wow What a shout yeah. I've got one or two here as well mm-hmm. Nacho Novo Yep He's eighth Have you got any more here I've got one here Go on Gary Hooper No Oh I convinced Afraid mm. not We're halfway there 
<laughs> or halfway not there. Thought it was you starting the karaoke, Bon Jovi, but no. Uh, okay. Thinking time. Thinking time required. We'll we'll get back to you. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompsons.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here. They're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And if you've ever heard the full time teaser before, here's what usually happens. So you send the question in to us. Uh, the guys will start Sometimes they start fast Sometimes not But then by the time they get to that last break They've got f- a couple of minutes to really focus on it We come out of the break And they rattle off some more of the answers You two have managed to get none During that break Aidan McGeady No um, I, I said comments That was too late wasn't it um, Kenny Miller Yes Finally uh, So we're looking for the top 10 all-time SPL goal scorers So that's 9-8 to 2013 Guys like Chris Boyd, Henrik Larsson, Derek Riordan John Hartson, Kenny Miller, Nacho Novo Four to get mm, I'm struggling now um, I mean you've still not got number four on the list A guy who scored 93 goals in the SPL Some for a non-old firm team And then went to an old firm team where he, he picked up where he left off Naismith? No Hmm. But a similar Type of Career move If you like Sort yes, of Just to the mean. other half Of the old firm Paul Hartley No Goal scorers Come on Barry Robson No Definitely more of a goal scorer Than Barry Robson This guy As they all are No offence Barry Robson <laughs> Listen Alright, give you some more thinking time I don't know how much more we can give you We finish in about 8 minutes But anyway, Paul's in Crookston Hi Paul Oh, hi panel How are you doing Paul? Hi Paul Yeah, yeah, good Oh, I've got a couple of A couple of wee clues for that teaser No, 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 no chance Paul No Paul. chance If you want an initial You can let me know And I'll give him one initial We'll, right? see, we'll see how we get on At the end of the call Right, right um, Okay, so basically I've just I've been listening to Little bits of conversation on it I've been having to do All the wee bits uh, that my wife's got me doing round the house So <laughs> you've got to excuse me I couldn't hear the whole thing right <laughs> but, um, but the ones I could listen to It was just about um, Alec phoning up um, The Celtic fan About the, you know, the product we're, we're kind of selling For Scottish football And it kind of got me thinking what I was, you know, From what I was watching yesterday um, I, I was right in saying It was um, Jim Goodwin um, Was saying about uh, Criticising Hamilton's style of play About slowing the game down And whatnot. Bear in mind, I think you got a player sent off, am I right saying that, yeah? Yeah. Right, so, I just thought it was a wee bit of a, a cheek coming from the St Mirren manager, when in fact, the other day, the other time when Rangers were playing them, um, they had about 10 men behind the ball, and, you know, I'm just thinking, well, what kind of tactics were you playing? And it kind of got me thinking when Alec was talking about it, and Hugh came back and said, you know, these teams, you know, fair enough, they don't have the resources the same size as the old firm, which I, I totally understand, but... I just think from the other point of view, and I'm trying to say this without blue tinted glasses and whatnot, but what you're watching, I mean, fair enough, I guess, maybe English football's maybe the same with your Man Cities and that and things like that, but to watch that, it's hard to watch sometimes trying to break teams down and you're... No, I get these teams are trying to survive, I understand that, but um, when you're hearing an our manager criticising our team down there about mm. their tactics, you just think, well, wait a minute, that's a bit hypocritical, but... I don't know, I just think, well, is there a way that you can maybe say, like if you score so many goals, you get an extra point or something like that, just something that's going to try and entice teams to maybe open up a wee bit. I mean, we've seen far coming through, which 
I know it's got pitfalls and whatnot, but it's still just coming through. But surely another way, I think Alex said something about how many shots you have, but I'm, I've always thought if you score, I don't know, something like four goals and more, you get an extra point added on or something like that, just to try and... I think, I think that, Paul, Paul, I think this is one of the reasons why it went to three points. For, for, for a win now Isn't it Hugh Because you obviously It wasn't a big difference Obviously with one to two So uh, enticing people To try and make that difference In one of, games Yeah in one, I, I think that was one of the reasons Why they they introduced that But th- It's it's no up to the opposition You know These teams are always Going to shut up shop It's across the board It's universal When you're up against Better opposition You try and be organised You try and contain mm. them You try and work for set plays You try and get a, a, a result that way Probably con- And I'm, I'm- Aware that I'm about to contradict myself here So I don't think it's generally a problem Hugh Other than when teams come up against Celtic or Rangers Because yeah. they have to Because they're much better And they need to find a way However Here's the contradiction Paul's right It was interesting to hear Jim Goodwin uh, Complaining about Hamilton uh, It's not often we hear those type of complaints About two teams so similarly yeah. Placed in the league What did you make of that? At the uh, weekend? Nah I'm not having that um, I like Jim an awful lot But I'm not having that you know, the, St Mirren Hamilton Aggies contrived to put on 90 minutes of boredom on Saturday And St Mirren played for 40 of the 90 minutes against 10 men And didn't lay a glove on the Aggies uh, And St Mirren's big problem is they have no cutting edge Which is something that Jim will need to address Or he'll be fighting relegation again at the end of the season So... I'm not having this excuse It was just a rank bad game uh, We had a tweet in asking about this actually Let's see if I can find it um, It was at Colin SMFC Why are St Mirren being given rookie referees every week? Uh, the guys haven't got a clue Now I, I don't have the stats to hand I don't know how many they, they've had compared to others I do know there's a perception though That m- on more than one occasion Yeah they've been given th- They've been given the new ref uh, The weekend it, it was the same Um David Monroe it was What did you make of his performance? Oh, uh, It's interesting when you actually Analyse some of the footage It was coming out of the game For the for the second yellow card on uh, Big George Oatley It was embarrassing So that was in St Mirren's favour to, to my knowledge And then I seen a footage today With young Kyle McAllister Backheeled And caught the Hamilton player in the face I think that warranted a yellow card. For me, that's a straight red. So, you know, you have to factor that in as well when you're actually looking at it. I think over the piece, the boy had a, a really difficult night, the referee, so, our, our afternoon. So, you know, unfortunately, you've got to blood these guys somewhere, Gordon. That That is the reality of it all, because otherwise, how do you get them into the top flight? They're trying to get this next generation. And, uh, again, if, if you're talking about our top men, Willie Collum, for example, Everybody thinks Willie Collins is a disaster uh, And he's the top man uh, You know so Rouse about referees for me uh, It's like death and taxes They'll always be with us <laughs> Do you go along with Alex though were, were Hamilton hard done by I know Brian Rice complained It certainly looked like an extremely soft yellow card Didn't it the second one for George Oakley Yeah yeah absolutely uh, But mistakes will occur I mean you and I can't agree on Jake Carroll I think that he had two separate rushes of blood and got two deserved yellow cards mm. and get sent off for Motherwell. Um, again, go back to yesterday's program. You and I can't agree, but me, Alex and I can, which means you're outnumbered. So, <laughs> but I go back to yesterday's program. Four men. If I remember my O level arithmetic, four men working for ten minutes equals forty minutes of analysis, and it took us forty minutes of analysis to come to the unanimous conclusion 
The ball did not cross the it line. It was easy once you saw the other angle. It was just the first one that had everybody, uh, had everyone tricked. Paul and Crookston, thank you very much. We will leave it there because we're a bit short on time. Um, I wonder if the when you gave us your results of the weekend. Yes. Um, you went for Partick Thistle's defeat. Uh, you went for Hearts. Honourable mention to Ross County, perhaps. Yeah, I'm growing more and more impressed with uh, Ross Stewart up front for them. Uh, and Michael Gardine, terrific. Uh, Brian Graham, uh, you know, it's a good result to go to Fir Park and, and get a win after going behind, first of all. So, uh, yeah, I'm growing more and more impressed by Ross County. What did you make of that game, Alex? You yep. you are like me, you are right, Hugh is wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jake Carroll was hard done by. I'm sticking to I it. I thought it was a really uh, poor decision. I thought he actually realised he was coming in late. He put the brakes on, he didn't even kind of catch them. That badly And you know um, Brutality it was Out and out <laughs> Brutality but see, Going back to the result Gordon I think everyone in the, in the studio Tipped Motherwell to win yeah. uh, Quite comfortable uh, And to go a goal behind They guys are doing a good job Is that 10 points I think they're on already So you know for, uh, It's a really impressive return Points wise Back to back ones uh, At that level Is always good enough For a team that's just come up And just before uh, We turn our attentions To the full time teaser uh, Preview the week for us Hugh it, it just never stops We've got another big week in store I say that every week But I say it because I mean it It's it's true Every week that comes around Something new Something exciting To get our teeth into Celtic would want to win 10 trophies in a row I don't think it's ever been done before Therefore They have to put Partick Thistle Out of their way In the Betfred Cup And it doesn't matter About the gap Between Celtic at the top of the Premiership and Partick Thistle at the bottom of the Championship Celtic have to attend to their work properly Rangers will go to Livingston and they will need to do the same because they haven't won a trophy for 8 years and they must want to get one Kilmarnock against Hibs well, who would be Paul Heckenbottom at this time? Uh, he's up against it at Rugby Park really up against it and the final game, Hearts-Aberdeen Hearts will be buoyed by what happened at Easter Road Aberdeen got a good result at Livingston But they're toiling for numbers I think And that game could be very very close It wouldn't surprise me if Hearts won that Right you're looking for Four more of the top 10 SPL goal scorers Boyd, Larson, Riordan, Hearts and Miller, Novo Let's go, come on Oh that's not quite the response I was looking for no. That was me, that was my big motivational uh, tone To try and spark some life Well into you it, said he was right and I was wrong So uh, talk to your pal What about the what about the one I tried to give you clues so Hearts mo- went to Celtic he went, he No went. I didn't say Hearts Oh Hibs No Motherwell to Celtic oh. uh, It's Skippy Scott McDonald Yep Scott McDonald He's fourth Skippy. on the list uh, Whilst we're speaking about Motherwell um, Michael Higdon Michael Higdon Oh shug Stop it It's too easy <laughs> What about one that went from Hibs to Celtic? Not Lee Griffiths. Or Radon. Not him either. The other one. At at last check, he was playing in Iraq or something. Oh, Anthony Stokes. Anthony Stokes. And the last one. The last one can be rhyming slang for (laughs) (laughs) a rather rude word that I couldn't use on the show. <laughs> demonstrate. <laughs> oh, I can't demonstrate it either. Initials. Initials, initials. He played for Hibs and Kilmarnock. His initials are CN. If you didn't like a performance, you might say that was absolute. And you would name this player, it would be rhyming slang. No. 
You're not following me yeah. Colin Nish Goodbye Thank you very much <laughs> Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray Callum Gallagher is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.